Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am one half of the mega podcasting powers, Trip Lano. With me, as always, a man still recovering from a recent head injury, which is something he has in common with the makers of today's film, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano? Apologies to everyone listening to this. I have a bit of a cold. Sounds like Andrew does as well, so it is the cold and flu season. Drink your vitamin C, y'all. <laughs> Get that zinc in ya. We are talking about a movie that is barely a movie. It's sort of a like a home, like a family home movie, if anything. Today's film is Roar, so you know what that means. We gotta go back, Marty. We gotta go dissect the '80s. It's your lions. Something's gotta be done about your lions. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the '80s. Great Scott. Of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. So, this film is the brainchild of Tippi Hedren and her husband at the time, Neil Marshall, who fell in love with big cats on a movie shoot, I believe, or was it a safari to Africa? Uh, it was a movie shoot. Okay. And decided to go whole hog into big cat preservation. What follows is the most fever dream insane thing I think I've ever watched in my entire life. Especially coming from Tippy Hedron. Right. Like, you think of all the people on Earth who would be like, you know what? Fuck animals. Wild animals. be her. <laughs> Maybe, I don't, I'm not saying she's going to go to, like... Take a, like an AK-47 and just start like blazing down pigeons I, like, I, go to a zoo and just kill the peacocks. I would think but, that she would be like setting bombs off in bird sanctuaries. Yeah, I think I I don't think that far, but I definitely don't think she would be like. You know what? I definitely want to work with all wild animals again, <laughs> exclusively. And we're talking not like birds are, I guess, potentially pretty vicious as we as we know if you've seen Hitchcock's documentary The Birds, but. These are legitimately animals that could all kill you. Like every animal oh. in this movie could kill you pretty instantaneously. They all a lot of them have blood on their mouth a lot of the time. Oh and my it's real. God. So much blood. There's so much blood in this movie. <laughs> and it's not fake, it's real blood of either animals or people the whole time. Oh, seriously. It's just constantly bleeding. It's not an easily findable film, right? No, it's out. The Alamo Drafthouse funded a pretty big release for it, and it's out on Blu-ray. Oh, that's right. That's how you found out about it, right? Yeah. No, it's out there. So there really is no plot to this movie. Yeah, no. The only thing that it has semblance of a plot is the Marshall Hedron clan is coming to visit their father, who they've been kind of estranged from. Meanwhile, he's fighting some people who want to get the big cat conservation out of the area. It's it's very loose. And that's it. I mean, that's the whole plot of the movie. The majority of this movie is clearly improvised dialogue between people who aren't super skilled at improv dialogue and animals. And also are scared of big cats. Yes. There's legit. Also are very, <laughs> yeah. like, here's the thing. I'm pretty decent at improv. If you threw me, they're like, oh, by the way, there's a hundred wild lions. <laughs> In the house with you. Have fun. Have fun. I wouldn't be able to improvise either. <laughs> the lions don't yes and really well. So it starts off with a, cr a really great Humane Society logo that's like an extended, extended version of it. And then it says... Yeah, I feel like they made that special for this movie. Oh, they absolutely... They don't have, they don't have that on hand. No, no, no. 
And then they also did writing credits and directing credits for the animals who were mm-hmm. their quote-unquote friends who helped them make the movie. Because they do whatever they want, and so they deserve credit. Which makes sense. Sure. Like you can't tell a lion what to do. A well, lion doesn't hit his mark. Well, some lions you a can. A lion hits mark. The, the DP. <laughs> some lions you can. Definitely not yeah, train, these lions. lions. Well, I don't think you can get a pack of a hundred. No. Like, I don't think you're going to Costco and getting a pack of trained lions. <laughs> the Siegfried and Roy special? Oh, those are tigers. Oh, my God. They're ti- well, there were some tigers here, too. Oh, there are plenty of tigers. People were mad about that. There were some bobcats. People were real mad about that. <laughs> there are bobcats. There's all sorts of stuff. Jaguars. A lot of babies, though. That was precious. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Neil goes by his re- doesn't go by his real name. I think he goes by... No, I think... Does he not? There's like... The kids all go by their real names. No, he's Hank. Oh, it's Noel, not Neil. I'm sorry. Oh, it is Noel. Okay. Damn it. And what's Tippy's character's name? Madeline. Okay. So we have Hank and Madeline who are... And pretty much everybody else goes by their real name. Yes, because they were too scared to be able to remember an actor name. A character name, rather. <laughs> um, the music sounds like 30 Rock music. Yes, it really does. It sounds... Wh- I kept waiting... I was I was like I wonder if Thirty Rock ever made fun of this. I, I like can't. Jenna Maroney had to go. I was like, why didn't they ever do this? Jenna had to go film a lion movie because this is pretty obscure until Alamo got a hold of it. I think. Yeah, I would have been fine with that. <laughs> um, I actually have a friend who claims to have seen it at a family vacation to a lake house that had like a general store with a small rental section, and that totally oh that totally makes sense to me because this was probably really cheap to purchase. Back when rental copies cost uh-huh. like four hundred bucks, and oh, did they really? Yeah, rental copy like a rental copy of a movie was two hundred two hundred fifty dollars back in the day, and so I never knew that. Yeah, why is that? I have no just because they could, I guess. Oh, I guess because you're gonna be making money off the movie. Okay, I rescinded. Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't quite know, but uh, this I'm sure would have been way cheaper than say. I don't know something famous from the early '80s versus versus Roar that yeah, nine right. people know about. Unless this this place just really like lion movies. I guess like, that could be true. It's Roar, Lion King, Ghosts in the Darkness, and that's it. I'm pretty sure it was like 1985, but thank you so much for I know. playing. <laughs> I know. But I was like, really impressed see... if you rattled off some lion movies that weren't those other two. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't either. That's why I was going to be really impressed. But I want to see that. I want to see, like, li- I, w- I wish I had a lion pun for, like, video rental store. And, like, it's just, movie- like, bi- it's Disney's Big Cats, all the Lion King movies. <laughs> Main Street rentals? There we go. That's it. That's the, that's the ticket. <laughs> so the the movie starts with Hank doing some doctor, and he's fixing up somebody's leg, putting a bandage on it. And then... Basically rushing off to his lion house. On his motorbike. And we see that there's like two large, clearly male lions. And one of them is covered in blood. Covered. Just like straight at Macbeth. Looks like he dunked his face in a pool of blood. And it was like... Yeah. The other lion seems no worse for wear. So it's hard to tell who has been injured here and for what reason. But the main, the one big bad lion has just straight up murdered somebody. Togo was his name, I think. Yes. So Hank has his friend arrive to help him out, who's mm-hmm. a, who's a new sanctuary guy. Tivo is his new pal, and he's been brought in to help with the lions. 
Now, behind the scenes, I'm pretty sure Mativo was a guy who was very familiar with the big cats. But you, I think so. But you would not know it from the way he acts in this movie because he has wild-eyed terror in his face every time you see him. Well, here's the thing. Even if you say you're comfortable with big cats or, like, you're a big cat wrangler trainer, this is 120 big cats. Yeah. That is a lot. Yeah, it's too many by, like, you, you 85. You can't say, like, it doesn't matter how comfortable you say you are. There's 120 of them. <laughs> and the craziest part is this is what the actual life was like for the Hedron Marshals. I know. They, this was where they lived. 100%. They they had a big cat sanctuary on their home, and they lived there. This movie took seven years to make, lost financing twice, and he ended up... And lost everybody. Yes. It had to replace almost the entire production staff. Yes. Do you have the, the stat there in front of you about the injuries? Over 70 of the cast and crew were injured. Cinematographer had his scalp lifted by a lion, resulting in 220 stitches. Tippy received a fractured leg and also had scalp wounds. She was bitten in the neck by a lion and required 38 stitches. Her daughter, Melanie Griffith, was also attacked, receiving 50 stitches to the face. It was feared she would lose an eye, but she recovered and was not disfigured. Noel was attacked so many times that he eventually was diagnosed with gangrene. And one of those instances wasn't even for film. There was a bushfire that occurred in 1979, and he was trying to save animals, and a cheetah clawed him while he was trying to save it. And one of the other kids also got a broken leg, I think I read. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone was bitten by the in the foot. Yeah. So every single person, basically, who worked on this film got injured in one way or another with varying degrees of severity. Because, duh. <laughs> so with that... That's not a shocking fact. No, it's not. But with that context in mind, there's a scene where right after uh, Mativo is introduced that... Hank is talking to Mativo, and for some reason, there's like four scenes where Mativo has a tug of war with his jacket, which makes me think it was like some sort of off camera thing, like that's a way that the animals played or something. You know how like people do yeah. tug of war with their dog? Uh huh. So I felt like there was, there had to be some kind of. Or they rubbed his jacket with something. Precedence for this jacket thing. Or yeah, I guess they could have, you know, rubbed the jacket like, down. Rubbed with meat. Yeah. But. He continually is, like, doing a tug-of-war with this thing, and the first time he does it is with a panther, and he's clearly scared. He's – his whole body language, his Gently face – pulling on this yeah. thing. He's not trying to give any effort. Right. And you can Please hear – don't eat me. Yeah, and you can hear his jacket ripping and everything. So the, it's just basically a, a sequence of scenes. And the whole time you're watching this – I don't know if you felt the same way, but, like, I know that this is a movie and that it's finished and – we you can run down that list of injuries but the whole mm-hmm. time i was watching it i was legitimately terrified because I, like oh, not, yeah. th- not that they would die cuz i knew they weren't going to die but like oh is this the one where he gets bit in the leg and it causes gangrene like is this the one where her face gets crushed mhm well also there's a lot of pe- people bleed a lot in this movie yes and you know it's real yes. you know i'm just like oh i wonder when this happened Right. There's just constantly people bleeding from arms and legs and heads, and it's really bleeding their own blood. Not mm-hmm. No stage packs, no capsules, no nothing. There's, it's also the beginning has a lot of baby lions and, yeah. je- te- and cheetahs and stuff trying to get their attention as they're talking. And it's adorable to watch this baby lion be like, pay attention to me. Stop, stop talking to each other. Pay attention to me. And like doing the cute little like baby cat paw. Of right. Like, no, I'm over here. Yeah. Talk to me. Like a kitten, mm-hmm. they're just they're just kittens, and it's adorable. Except that they could kill you. 
Not yet. Probably, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, Mativo and Hank move into the house, like, walk into the house, rather. Not move in. Hank already lives there. But it's just full of animals, and he's like, oh, this lion's going to jump on us. He's just playing, though. And then the lion legit, like, tries to pounce and push them to the ground as if it were going to kill them. And mm -hmm. it's got, like, a paw on either of their shoulders, and he's, like, trying to fight it off, and they're both struggling under the weight of a lion, and then they finally do, and they're like, oh, oh, he's just playing. And he does that thing where you, like, pat it really hard on the side like your dog. Yeah. I, I, at that point, we're, like, eight minutes of the movie at that point, and I'm like, well, I'm going to be scared for the rest of the time that I'm watching this. Because I wonder how much training he had with animal handling, or like how much exposure he had to these specific lions before they started filming. I think that he had raised a good percentage of these lions. Oh, really? Yeah. From what I understand, they had the big cat preserve, and that's what spurred the idea. Not to say that no. he... I thought they flew in a bunch of lions. I'm sure they added to their pile, but there were definitely lions that they had been raising in this group. But again, just because you raise it doesn't mean it won't eat you. Yeah, right? They acquired a number of big cats from zoos, circuses, and animal control officers, especially for the making of this movie. Okay. And the other thing I noticed early in the movie, too, is, and smart, not not taking away anything from him, but Noel has often got his arm across his throat to protect it from getting bitten. Yeah. He's got, he puts his forearm up near his throat every time. He's like wrestling the cat with his left hand, and his right arm is barred across his throat because he knows that it might just go for it. So he has to keep something in the way he can stick his arm in its mouth and prevent it. would 100% kill you right. if given the option. He also has the most annoying voice. Well, he's not really an actor. He was a producer on The Exorcist, which is where he got the money to make this movie. And I see that. I saw that after the fact, but I was like, dear God, stop talking. <laughs> it's all up here. Yeah. That's just what he says. playing. God, it's awful. <laughs> and also, he is the only one who doesn't seem absolutely terrified. Like, he's frightened often, no. but he's the one who's just like, I legitimately believe he thinks they're just playing. I, I mean, it's probably sort of the same with, like, dogs and cats, where they're just playing around, but because they're on a bigger scale, it's like Lenny. They're like big Lenny. <laughs> so, if you, the way I would describe this is, you know how sometimes you have a friend who has an overzealous dog? It's a little bigger than it should be for the kind of things that it does. It's like a St. Bernard. It's the one with the whiskey barrel around its neck. But even like a good-sized shepherd or um, a retriever, the the dogs sometimes will like jump on you and put their paws on your chest and whatever. And if it, and the person who owns this dog is just like, oh, he's just playing. And if you don't super-duper love this particular dog, it's not real fun for you for this dog to be like jumping up on your chest and whatever. And so... You're kind of like, at least me, all right, I don't quite enjoy this. Can you get this taken care of? Versus them being like, oh, Fido just loves you. That's what he does with lions. Yeah, all the time. They're just playing. They're just, they just want to play. Yeah, they're just having fun. Look at them. Oh, aren't you? Except they are stronger than me and bigger than me, and they are covered in blood. And they have a mouthful of steak knives. Mm-hmm. Want to eat my face is what what, what happened to you. And this is where we get – there's a lot of quote – I'll use the word conflict, but it's in quotes. Like, it's heavily quote marked. So we get the one conflict of this pack of lions, which I didn't realize lion packs got this big. Or pride. Sorry. I didn't realize lion prides got this big. But they already have their leader. And then this new guy, Togo, the one who's covered in blood and has a black mane, is 
coming in and going to assert his dominance. And that's the sort of the scary thing of, oh, what's going to happen if Togo replaces Robbie? Bobby? I don't remember the good Robbie. lion's name. I think it's Robbie. Mostly because it was a lion and I had a hard time telling them apart. I know. Um, so I was like, oh, this is like a weird Lion King. We got we got Mufasa and we got and we got a uh, Scar over here, right? And then we get the second conflict where the people from the Grant Foundation come to check on his progress, but they never really say what the Grant was for. So, like, is it to prove that lions could be domesticated? What is this for? I I couldn't tell that at all either, and that that was part of the thing that's so confusing about this movie is there is no plot there's no story in this movie it's just there's no stakes it's like a snuff Nothing film uh, they're like oh well we want we need to show that our money's getting we're getting our money's worth and it's like for what how wh- what did you give him money for yeah and if if you gave him money for lion preservation why did you not give him any other resources to help preserve the lions because they they got these two big game hunters with them like this review committee also has big game hunters for some reason like that seems like a conflict of interest. Yes. The, They're like, oh, we want to kill these animals. Well, maybe let's not listen to you. I mean, I I feel like that was potentially a commentary, and I don't know how long this has existed, but, you know, like, currently, weirdo monster people pay a lot of money to go shoot big animals under the guise of preservation for them, right? So I, yeah. I wonder if that was supposed to be commentary on that, but I don't know oh, how maybe. long that is. I don't know if that's always been a thing. No, because they said they kill elephants or something to keep their numbers down. Right. It's like deer hunting in Pennsylvania. Right, but elephants are a protected species now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I I always thought they were. I could be totally wrong. I'm not the most animal-savvy person on Earth, but I thought they were a protected species. Um, yeah, I they, they're just... I, their sole purpose is to give you like a third-act conflict for this movie, but it's never really established why and it's they over were... over way before it starts. Yes, and why they were that there. That conflict ends real quick. Yes, it does. But it's because they get, like, some of the animals come into the river that they're on, and they jump into their boat, and they sink the boat because they're like, oh, there's a new thing for me to play on. Right. And then the people start, like, getting aggressive with them, so the animals fight back because they're animals. Right. And that and, that's when the, and the sp- conservationists have come to visit. I don't know if we established that that happened. Yeah, I so said they came to visit. Oh, to okay. Check sorry, it out. sorry. Because it's the conservation people who get in trouble. Yeah. Like, they get fight with the animals, and all of a sudden they're like, how dare you raise these creatures? We're going to shut you down if you can't prove something. Right. And it's like, you can't be that vague. <laughs> there has to be lines in the movie that establish why I'm watching it. I understand this is like a 90-minute film that's just basically big cats. Disney's big cats. But give me something here. Tippy Hedren's here. Well, not not yet. Tippy Hedren hasn't arrived oh. yet. I mean... But, I mean, she's here in the film. <laughs> she is around. She's on set. Yeah. I know she's there. He also, right before that happens, you were mentioning the big cats, like, fighting over dominance. He runs into the middle of their lion fight. Mm-hmm. Every time. It's like a teacher in a center city school. Right. But he is running in the middle of a lion fight, and every time he does, I was like, oh, here's the one where he gets scalped. Oh, here's the one he gets scalped. No? No? Which one no. gets he gets his throat bit in this one, right? Right. He's gonna die in one of these moves. Then he gets a lion hug when he cleans up the house for his wife. Yeah, I love the scene where they clean up because he picks up like a standard straw broom and just starts randomly sweeping things. Like you know that house smells like animal and poop, right? Mm. Like hundred percent. Yeah. There's no clean in that house. 
And also, maybe let's take care of the slash marks and the broken doors before we start sweeping. Like, sweeping is the last step. (laughs) I loved that the... uh... The house was definitely built as a breakaway set, like the whole house, so oh, yeah. the lions could knock stuff over and break through walls and do all this scary stuff at the times they need to be scary. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that I I really found kind of a mixed message of the movie. It's ostensibly about conservation and animals need to be need to be protected and all that. But every time the humans interact with them, they're pretty scary. See, I didn't necessarily always see them as scary as just being lions. Right, but I would think that if your message is conservation, having a movie where a bunch of lions get real close to humans and, like, tackle and bite and nip at them isn't the best way to go about it. That's true. But they are never vicious. Well, no, they don't ever kill anyone. Togo's vicious. Yeah. They have one bad lion. And then he's taking a bath, and the lions are there with him. He's giving lions a scrub down. Yeah, they're getting his back, he's getting their back, they're drinking the water. He put a little bunch of suds on one of their heads. He made it, He gave him a beard. He gave a lady lion or a baby lion a little bubble beard. <laughs> a bubble mane. There we go. So the the other conflict, if you could call it that, is that his family is trying to arrive at the house and come get him. Uh, Tippy has decided not to see her husband for three weeks or three months or something like that. They decide he got his grant at a time when they were like, "We're having problems, so let's take this as a separation time. Get out of here." Yeah, and then go to Africa. Yeah, get out of here. I'm done with you. And then they all arrive, and they miss. He's not there to greet them, so some guy's just like, "Well, because it's because she said they were arriving at eight or ten, and she didn't say a.m. So he assumed p.m. Oh, but like, there's only so many planes here, like." <laughs> I feel like a quick call to the airport, and by airport, I mean one room with a phone in it, would probably solve this problem. Because, like, I'm not trying to knock Africa, but it'd be like going to the Westchester, Pennsylvania airport. There would be one place where planes come in and take off, and there would be a very strict schedule. Right. There's no, I wonder when. No. (laughs) This is the only plane coming in today. there's, There's one daily flight. It comes in at the same time every day. So they're like, oh, we'll just wait for him. And the guy's like, I would recommend you take the bus to him, because if you don't, if you wait here and he doesn't show up, there's not another bus for two days, <laughs> and nowhere for you to stay. Except the ground. Anywhere around us. So come on, get on this, em- this like, skeleton bus. So they all pile in, and then there's like four scenes where the family is having little mini spats, and I realize that it's there to established this plot in some way but all i could feel the whole time was like can you just shut up and get back to the lion bits because this is like, worthless to be seen this is so worthless i don't need to see melanie griffith ask her mother about her sex life oh my god it was so with her actual father why yeah why do we keep getting movies where the kids are super invested in their parents sex life why is it like, keep that happening you stepdad and this is your real mother <laughs> yeah those are your real stepbrothers. You are talking about this in front of them. What and why and how and when and what. Stop being gross. <laughs> you're, Stop it. You're so disgusting. The other thing about this that I should mention is I, I, if you can find the old VHS version, I suppose you should watch it. But the Alamo Drafthouse version is about 15, 20 minutes longer. And what they did was cut in a bunch of footage from international versions. So I didn't know that. I didn't read that part and all the information I had read about the movie. And so when I I rented this from the the library here in um, in Maryland, and I was like, wait, it's German now. 
And then, like, why are they suddenly speaking German? And it happened to me like three times before. I was like, did I did I mess up some function on my DVD player? Like, what is happening here? And then finally realized, oh no, that's the point of this. They got all this extra lion footage because I guess it had been cut to make the R rating or whatever the rating was. Yeah. Oh, uh, back to the house as the family's trying to get there. Hank wants to put up new curtains and drapes. Because sure. <laughs> as if the lions aren't just going to tear them down in five seconds. Like, you can't put glitter on poop, dude. Right, you're in a filthy hovel. Like, there's nothing you can do to make this seem okay to live in. You let the lions come inside because they're scared of the other lion. So, until that's done, just stop. Right. Just stop trying. Right. Uh, uh, this is where Mativo has yet another tug of war with his jacket, and this time you hear like major tearing sounds. So it's like, uh-huh. all right, Mativo, it's it's done for. Let it go. Let it, Let it yeah, go. get a little frozen up in this piece, would you? <laughs> I also love that throughout the movie, Hank's clothes get progressively more and more disheveled, and I they do. But I love the because this is a movie, right? So. Like, in the context of the movie, it happens over one day. But in the context of creating this, they filmed this movie for nine years. So he was wearing this same shirt as it got progressively more and more destroyed for, like, months and months and months at a time. Because you know their wardrobe department wasn't meticulously destroying another identical shirt the same way. Right. Like, you know that wasn't the case. Right. So I just I, I just had the, the, the thought pretty repeatedly of that dried blood on his shirt could be, like, a month old that he had to, like, put on his... Or it could be a year old. Yes. That he had to put on his own bloodied shirt with his own blood on it from a long time ago and just, like, walk around in that, in that hot sun all day really and seemed horrible to me. They give it a Febreze. They give the inside of Febreze. There was no it. Febreze. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Best case scenario, you're talking a score to perfume on this bad boy. Best oh, case. This is a stinky Ugh. film shoot. Between the lions and the humans, this is a stinky film shoot. There's, I mean, there's not many humans there. There's the camera crew and the Hedron family. <laughs> well, the Hedron family is probably pretty sweaty and gross over the course of this movie, I have to say. Very true. Uh, the family arrives at this point, right? Yeah, and we get a bird joke right off the bat. Which was? She opens the door and a bird flies out. Oh her face yeah, that was camera. so great. Yes, I forgot about that. And she flinches and is terrified because duh. Yeah, yeah, that was a real flinch. I I almost wondered if that was not if she was uninformed about that little bit coming just to get a real natural reaction from her. <laughs> Noel just did that to her. Yeah, real cat, real good dad joke, you know. Yeah. So we get a little bit more lion action as the family comes in. Hank gets one is like casually gnawing on his hand. Hank has this bandage on on his right hand for the whole movie. And it's constantly getting chewed on by the lions, presumably because they can smell the blood. So there's a lion just like. And they're so into it. Yeah. There's one just like gnawing on his hand the way you're like a newborn sucks on its own foot. It's just like casually gnawing on his hand, and he keeps being like, "Oh, stop that! Stop that!" And it's unraveling his bandage, clearly trying to get to the blood. And yeah, <laughs> and then another one bites him on the in the calf, and like really sinks his teeth into it. And he has this terrified scream that really was was scary. And and then they like quick like, like dropped in a f- like audio of him laughing to be like, <laughs> "It's fine. He's totally cool. Don't worry about it." He definitely didn't get bit by the lion. Right. So Mativo helps bandage him up, and then he goes off to go pick up his family, unbeknownst to the fact that they're traveling toward him on the bus. Mm-hmm. And that is sort of the... 
I was going to say C plot. It's the plot of this movie. Again, there really isn't one. And then, yeah, and then the family shows up to the cottage or cabin or whatever the hell we're going to call this. Thing. The hovel. It's got two stories though, so like it's a. So it's, it's a, a deluxe. Hovel. Hovel. It's a deluxe, yeah. but it's, it's still a, a hovel. It's a duplex. Well, so I guess they don't see any of the hundred and twenty big cats that suddenly are not around the house. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. They they they've emptied the house somehow, which we don't we don't really see. We saw that they they sort of shepherded them outside so they could clean up. Right, but there's like a hundred. They're all around this place. Like you, they're the place is lousy with lions. Yeah, Th- that you wouldn't see or hear one of them leads me to believe you're really oblivious. And there's five of you, four of you. Right, because they go inside and then Tippy's like, "Let's open all the windows and clean this place up as a surprise for your father." Yeah, and it's like, uh oh, <laughs> this is not good. This is super, super not good. And the two brothers are having, like, a fight outside and aren't aware that a lion is, like, slowly stalking them around the gang. There's, like, a, a very narrow deck around both uh, the first and second story. And they're, like, casually fighting around it as this lion just slowly stalks them like the prey that they are. Oh, it's wonderful. Because then the lions start pouring into the house. Oh, like, just like, like a torrent of lions. It's like it, there's. It's basically a monsoon of lions, <laughs> which would be the best Chumanji card. A monsoon of lions it's in your lagoon of bions. <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> and so they're running from the lions and hiding in things. Yes, they, they there's. It's like a 15 minute sequence where one Benny of the Hill. Yes, I I really think you could cut this to the Benny Hill music perfectly. But they'll hide in one thing, and then the lions will destroy that thing while they're in it, and then they go or around knock again. it over. Yes, and trap and them in it. They're just trapped in yes. a thing. One of them gets inside a locker, and yeah, the hot brother. This is the this is the one thing in the movie I think was fake. the The scene with the lo- the locker doesn't look big enough for a human being to be in, and oh, no. they film it in such a way that I think there was a camera in there, but not a person. And then they filmed mm-hmm. like him separately inside it. But it still is cool looking. Like the the lion knocks over. It's like a high school locker set, four lockers. It gets knocked over. And then the lion is like pawing at it and looking at it. They must have put something in there that the lion liked and let it go wild on it. A human. <laughs> That's what they put in their trip. <laughs> no, I think this is the one <laughs> fake shot of the movie. I think it's not a human. And then Melanie Griffith and Tippy get into a a cabinet, like a TV cabinet, and they, that gets knocked over. The little brother decides to get into a fridge for some reason, like an ice box that latches and locks. Right, that he won't that be able to get over. out of. Bro, bro, Sif, you're going to die. Best case scenario, you suffocate. Which is a good death in this world. <laughs> the thing that Tippy and her, her daughter hide in, do you think that was a cabinet? I, I legitimately could not tell what that was. I thought it was supposed to be like a TV cabinet. Okay, like an entertainment center? Sort well the sort of, that's that shape where it's the the sides are tall enough for a human, yeah, but, the but like is low. this is a pre entertainment center world, so that's why I was you know what I mean is like it? nobody had surround sound at home. Well, no, but they I thought people had like TVs and like well they definitely had TVs. I just I just it was weird looking to me. It looked like anyway, it was a very large piece of furniture that they had. Yeah, was, there were a lot of hiding furniture in this movie. There it was, and the other thing too is we've been making fun of the house quite a lot, but it really does remind me of the Swiss Family Robinson. Like later, oh, it's nice. Yeah, later we see like a big vertical shot. It has a water wheel and all these little like things going on. Like I legitimately would enjoy spending a week lion free, obviously. Yeah, 
let's let's claim yeah, yeah. i've been burned by that before yeah let's let's not be putting any lines in the fine print <laughs> thank you very much west virginia house that i rented but <laughs> but if you were able to give me this place for like a weekend it would be a great weekend you'd sit up on the roof and you'd read you'd swim in the lake it would be a really great spot to be again mm-hmm. without the 400 lions in it <laughs> there's a lot of lions and, and it, this is the point that I re- I was like, why haven't they remade this into a shitty 3D movie? Oh, yeah. Like, with a bunch of CGI, bol- like, Lion Knight 3D. Yeah, I think because... Because that would be amazing. Yeah, I think maybe lions are hard to CGI because of the hair. Oh, that's true. Although, with today's advancements, like Sully and Merida and Brave... Yeah, but those are expensive. Shark Knight 3D costs, like, $9. That's true. <laughs> like a Pixar movie true. takes five years to make and costs four hundred million dollars. I don't think I don't think there's a lot of return on investment for Lion Face Eater three D. You know what? They could just do it as uh Lady Lions, so there's no main. <laughs> Lady Lion Face Eaters? Lady Lion Night three D. Girls Night Out. Look, I'm in for all animals attack movies, so I, I will wholeheartedly go see your your terrible movie, but I don't, I think you're gonna have a hard time making it. I know, but I because I, I was like, this movie is ripe for a shitty CGI 3D remake. Oh, it absolutely is. So John intercut with some stock footage of lions, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, just lions roaming the prairie, and then they're like in the streetscape, yeah. or just like shot in a zoo. Oh, you know what I'd rather see? Zoo night, zoo, night at the zoo. No, well, sort of. Some guy like these people is like got a bunch of lions in his backyard that he's not allowed to have, right? And then mm-hmm. they escape. And they're urban lions now. Oh, the 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 urban jungle. There's a new oh. there's a new king of the jungle, right? And it's it's gang members v lions. Oh, I love it. Tell me that movie doesn't sell itself. I I think so because then it could turn into West Side Story. Straight out of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the gang members of multiple sides, right? The different gangs in the city come together. To together. Yes. And they fight the lions together. Mm-hmm. Somebody make it. that movie. Somebody with green. Bring me my green light. <laughs> Where is my green light? Damn it! <laughs> so this point is where we had because we had two tigers following Mativo and Hank. Yes, to the airport, and they're and they're in a, they're a in a sudden, boat. They're, we didn't mention that Mativo and Hank are driving oh, yeah. a boat up the river, and then the boat sinks because there's two lions on it or two tigers. <laughs> yes. And poor Mativo is like trying to see, and there's a lion just laying in the way where he's looking out over the yeah. leg. And he's the like, The tiger's just sitting right there. He's like, I can't see. And he's like, Oh, he's just playing. He's just playing, Mativo. Shut up, Hank. Shut up. <laughs> if you tell me he's playing again, I will kill you. <laughs> um, and so he's like, Mativo is like, Here, take this umbrella and distract them while I run ahead to the airport. And I was like, because they won't stop following me. And I was like, or you could send Mativo to the airport. <laughs> right. I think Mativo is capable of being like, hey, Hank sent me to pick you guys up. Uh, he would have come himself, but there were tigers in the way. <laughs> he was he was just chilling with a couple of his buddies that are also tigers. And then there's that like 30-minute motorcycle scene. Oh, it goes on forever. It goes on so it, where the, the son takes the motorcycles. Yeah, he, dri- he tries to drive the motorcycle. Has to turn around, drives well, into the, the house, well, uh, up should, the stairs. We, we should say the family's hiding, and then like it quiets down in the house, and they all kind of regroup. They like pull each other out of their various hiding places and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's like another mini lion attack, and then 
He's like, I'm... and if you say mini lions, you mean like baby lions. These are all tiny. Yeah, lions. they're like pouring in the wall over the and uh, pouring in the walls, pouring in the windows and stuff. So he decides to take the the motorcycle and go for help, and it turns into this kind of just crazy chase sequence. And it's not even a ch- he's not even being chased. He like drives the motorcycle. He like zero like fishtails out, drives back into the house, up the stairs, through the landing, outside onto the roof, all the way across the the like water wheel flat part right and into the water yeah for no reason he he goes off the roof though which is pretty awesome yeah i mean okay visually awesome yes but why well ruin the motorcycle just destroy yes and also probably injured him a little bit given that it was a good fall second story into a lake you know and there were no stunt doubles for this movie no clearly not so this is followed up by the really menacing part of the movie where He's come. He, the menacing five minutes. Yeah, he he tried to leave. It didn't work. And now Togo is out for more blood because he's just pretty much always covered in it. And he stalks the family from room to room. They like shut a door and he knocks down a whole wall. They put like a cabinet in front of it and he bursts through the cabinet. Like he's like the Terminator. <laughs> Essentially, he, like the Terminator meets Jack Torrance. He just won't. He can't be stopped. Then they go into the bathroom and then out the window. But I don't know if you noticed, there's a framed picture of JFK on the wall in the bathroom. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, there's some weird, there's some questions. It's the only, it's like the only decoration in the whole house is this one framed photo of Kennedy in the bathroom. I mean, hey, when you're patriotic, you're patriotic. Right. I'm watching you pay. That was a real bad Kennedy. The cold did not help that. That was. The cold did not help no, that. But yeah. I can do a, I can do a Bouvier. If you want a Bouvier, I can't do a Kennedy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think a Bouvier is helpful when I'm looking for a Kennedy. But he's, like, knocking everything down. He, at one point, catches Tippy Hedren's shirt and rips it clean off her. Like, like it looked uh-huh. planned, but it wasn't, clearly. Yeah, you know it wasn't planned. And I was like, would someone please give your mother a shirt? <laughs> well, also, please. at this point, I was like, you're you're gonna just have to shoot it now, right? Like, you've got mm-hmm. a gun. Jurassic Park, shoot her! Like, gu- shoot her! <laughs> like, I get, do it. Just, you have the gun, do it. He's Also, give your mom your shirt so you don't have to look at your mom. Your mom in a bra yeah. for the rest of I would, the movie. I would rather be shirtless than look at my mom in a bra for the rest of the nine years of filming this movie. Thank you. The other line comes in and saves the day, and they all kind of like lock themselves in. So there's a momentary beat with Togo like having been knocked away by this other lion, and they're in a room that feels safe for the time being, and I'm pretty sure it's Riley Griffith who's like, I want to go home. Yeah, no shit. We all want to go all home. Do. Yeah, we all we all don't want to be here. Thank you for contributing to the group. You've been really helpful. And then they get into a little fight where the kids are like, "This sucks." And the and Tippy's like, "You guys said you wanted to leave Chicago. Uh, uh this is Leave Chicago. This is and not the same. Lion Hell are two different requests. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we didn't say, "Hey, how about we go to see Dad and also everything he's been working on tries to kill and eat us while we're there." Can we can we make that happen? I want that. That's what I want. Right. So the bad guys at this point are like, F it. We need to go kill some lions. It's not really Even explained. The, en- the entire committee is like, don't kill the lions. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're going to kill some lions. <laughs> they, The one guy has a really great head bandage, like my favorite around the head one, but also a, a, a under the chin, over the top of the head yeah. variant. And he's like, clearly a lion bit my head. I'm going to go kill it. Like, look at my face and head. Look at this. Mm-hmm. So, so they get on a horseback. Yeah, and they, they, they go off. Meanwhile, John has finally found, not John, Noel, has finally mm. found 
Hank. I, I can't keep his name straight. Hank has finally... Well, Hank, Noel is his real name. Right, Hank right. is his fake name. John is the oldest son. Yes. So he finds a friend at the... He finally gets to the bus station, and they're like, oh, no, we told him to get on the bus. And he's like, what? Why would you do that? And he's like, because we didn't want him to wait here for two days. I feel In like we did the right move. show up. Right. And he goes, hey, man, let me borrow your car. And the guy's like, no. And he's like, come on. Then we're just playing. Come on. And he's like, <laughs> they're just playing. All right, fine. Take my car. Just shut up about your goddamn lions. <laughs> but I felt so bad for this poor guy. There's three guys working there. Only one of them has a car. So cars are obviously hard to come by in the, in the economy of this film where it takes place. Mm-hmm. And you know this dude's car is getting ruined. Like, you know that it he's... he's like, they're going to get covered in lions. Yeah. And you can see in his face, he's just like, oh, there goes the thing I worked really hard for because I got to be nice to this dope, weirdo white guy who showed up out of nowhere. So he gets the car. He drives to pick up Mativo, who we neglected to mention, climbed up a tree and let the lions chase him so that they would stay in the tree and be waiting. So Mativo gets the... He comes back to Mativo and Hank is like, come on, we got to go. And he's like, your family's being eaten. Like... You need to stop rushing. They're dead. They're obviously dead if they're yeah. in the house right now. And he's like, no, they're just playing. Come playing. on. And, Mati- and then the tigers get in the car. Yes. The, he puts a tiger in the front seat instead of Mativo. And then the other li- <laughs> the other tiger takes up the whole back seat. So poor Mativo has to hang on to the effing bumper. <laughs> also, this isn't your car, dude. Right. Why are the lions in the car? Let them if walk. If I loan my car to someone, they're tigers. These ones are tigers. Oh, I'm sorry, tigers. Forgive me. If I loaned you my car and I found out you stuffed two tigers in it, I would hate you for the rest of your life, which wouldn't be long. You would have to buy me a new car. Like, letting someone borrow your car does not cover putting 400-pound animals in it. (laughs) One 400-pound animal. You put two of them in my car. Right. And we're not talking, like, in a kennel in the trunk. Or in the back seat. In the a suspension kennel. is ruined yes, now. Yes, you destroyed this man's car. Th- th- this is the point where I realized, like, you know how the Jungle Cruise has all these like faux terror in it. Yeah, this is the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, by the narrative of the ride, this is the Jungle Cruise. There's plane that went down, and like the one guy's hiding up the mm-hmm. top of a tree, and a lion, a rhino's trying to poke him in the butt, and all that stuff. The hyenas are laughing. Yeah, yeah. Get half off your plane. <laughs> exactly. So the family has, you know, they're hiding out a little bit and the animals decide to just tear open their luggage, which has been left on the outside. So, yeah, that was weird. They, they get to, they got to the house and they immediately dropped their luggage and ran inside. And I was like, why don't you bring it in? With I've you? never seen anyone do that in the history of ever. Like you run in with your luggage mm-hmm. or like I can't, that's how that works. Yeah, Or like the person's running out to give you a hug. You drop your luggage, you give them a hug and then you go inside with your luggage. Like at no point do you leave your stuff outside. Like, there's no porter here. <laughs> the lions are actually also the porters. They're just really bad Oh, my at God. It. That's Lion Hotel? That, I want that show. This, that's what this scene was supposed to be. The lions were supposed to be the porters, but instead they just ripped the bags open and played with them. They had their cute little hats on. Little, yeah, tucked up under their little, chin. Little bellhop hats. Circle hat. Yeah, the little bellhop yeah, hat. I'm into it. So the, the one lion. I want Lion Hotel now. <laughs> there was Hotel for Dogs. So I feel there like was. this could be like a weird sequel in that universe. Lion Hotel. Right. But it's run by lions. Oh, well, that's not the same. I that's what I want. I, I want see. Lion Hotel. Do they speak? Yeah. Oh, okay. So we're cartooning it up. No. No. I want actual lions. We'll just dub the voices. Okay. I'm not sure I can follow you on that one. 
I mean, it's a hard sell. I understand that. I'm in for uh, straight out of Africa, but I am not in for see, the the hotel with lions. I'm more. I'm picturing like the lion. The head lion has glasses on too, <laughs> and someone comes up to the thing. And is like, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a reservation. And he's like, I take my hotel suit duties very seriously, sir. <laughs> what is your reservation number? We'd invite you to play in our attached casino, but clearly you're a cheetah. What is your reservation number, sir? Click, 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 click. Like he's very straight laced by the books. And then people try and make jokes. <laughs> oh, I see. I was giving him the cheetah joke. Oh, no, 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 no. He does not have the cheetah. He is very no nonsense. <laughs> but the cheetah was trying to get in. I I know. I see. I, I picture. Have you ever seen that thing on Tumblr where it's like the no, dog at the I bank? I've not ever seen the thing on Tumblr, I can assure you. It's like a dog at a bank, and someone goes, oh, you'd like to make a deposit? And he goes, my finance is not a fucking joke, Karen. <laughs> that's pretty so good. that's what I'm picturing. Someone's like, I'd be lying if I had a reserv- If I said I had a reservation. Will you let me into the casino, even though I'm kind of a cheetah? Excuse me, sir. What is your reservation number? My preservation number. <sighs> 4AMQL. Click, 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 click. A queen bed, sir. Here's your room key. Third floor. So the the lion porters do not do a great job. Instead, they rip open their suitcases. One of them goes, like, really after a shoe. Like, it gets stuck on his tooth and he can't get it off. And they show it twice. Yeah. Another one gets all rolled up in a sleeping bag, which is kind of adorable. Mm. And then a third one. Yeah, yeah, he's getting all, like, snuggly in there. And then a third Mm. one uh, plays with a skateboard and almost rides it. Yeah, he gets real close. But why did this kid bring a skateboard to Africa? Because there's no paved roads here. I mean, there's there's maybe he's skating on the roof. I mean, I, maybe he'll I, maybe he'll do a grind on the on the water wheel. I don't think this part. is a pre Tony Hawk universe. I don't think those tricks were invented. Tony Lion. But so I just like <laughs> he's got a helmet on. He's got a helmet on. He's got elbow pads. <laughs> but it just seems like a weird thing to bring to Africa where there's no paved roads. Yeah, that is a very bizarre. A very bizarre thing. So they decide that the only way to get out of this hell that they're in is to get into a boat and sneak away. So they get into a little rowboat and they all pile in and they start paddling down the river. And th- they paddle right into some lions. Yep. Who are like, what up? Hey. How you guys doing? What, what you got there? I wasn't expecting company today. I would have tidied up. <laughs> we're we're so glad we ordered delivery. Ha <laughs> I didn't feel like cooking anything today. I've been out on the plains running around. And then the boat sinks. I think another. I think a lion climbs in or something. No, no, no. They, 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 they get away from the lions and then wind up right next to a, an elephant. Oh, that's right. It proceeds it to destroy up. the boat. Mm-hmm. And doesn't Tippy get on top of the elephant? Yes, she does. Why? Why is that what you went for, Tippy? <laughs> it like flips her up there. Yeah, it's, yeah it does. She rides an elephant for a little bit. Yeah, but the elephant, I don't know how they got it to do it, like what the how they instructed the elephant to do this, but it rips the boat into just pieces. It's amazing to watch. It's so much power. They might have like rubbed peanut butter on the boat. Yeah, maybe. But whatever they did, it looks really cool. It worked. Then we cut back to Hank, who blows a tire on this road, and he's like, Ah, oh, there are only 10 miles to go. We're just having fun. We're just playing. That's every line of his. And he gets out and is just like, well, I'm going to run the rest of the way. Like, homeboy, 10 miles is like four hours. 
And Matibo's like, dude, they're deaf dead. <laughs> like, at this point, stop running so hard. Like, they're soups dead. Even if you, okay, let's say you run 20-minute miles. That's a three-hour run. If you run, like, even if he's very fit, which I don't think it is, and you're running 10-minute miles, it's still a two-hour run. Like, 10-minute, oh, God, a 10-minute mile makes my side hurt <laughs> thinking about it. Like, I don't think Hank is running 10-minute miles, but if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, you're still looking at close to a two-hour run that he's got to get home. Like, that is really far and you've already been running all day, right? He just casually starts running, just no, no, no qualms about why it. Why don't you? Why don't you ride the the tiger? <laughs> I don't Dude. think that they would let him do that. They do later. Oh, they do. Mativo rides the lion later for like five but seconds, run, though. No, but he runs home, and we get more shots of the crazy bad guys who are now just out and out murdering lions. And the, the because they're like, don't worry, no no animals were hurt on the making of this film. It it looks like it, but it didn't happen. I'm pretty sure that they like had the lions on wobbly ground and then pulled the ground out from under the like somehow like pulled a rock loose or something because all these lions just tumble down. Yeah, it's really weird. They 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 take like stuntman falls down these walls of the canyons that they're on. Mm-hmm. So I think they just moved like two rocks out of place and just came tumbling down. I, that's a possibility. The other thing, too, I guess they could have purchased, like, stuffed lions. No, because they move up there, and then they fall. Right, but just, like, you know, trick shot thing. Maybe they hit him with a trank dart. I don't think that would be humane, to shoot it with a trank dart and push it down a hill. I don't. Think... No, just shoot it, and then it falls down the hill. <laughs> I don't think you would get the Humane Society tag if you shot it with a trank dart and it fell down a hill. Okay, well, this movie also killed lions, so. It did not. Yes, it did. There was a flood. And Robbie the main lion died. What? I didn't read that part. Yep. IMDb. Oh, wow. That's super sad. Uh-huh. I did not know that. That is a real bummer. Let's see. Uh, Deputy Sheriff said to shoot three lions during the flooding of the Marshall Ranch. One of these lions was Robbie, the lion king of the picture. Robbie was a unique black-maned Rhodesian lion. Interesting. They shot mm-hmm. it? They had to shoot three lions, apparently. Because it escaped? I don't know. They didn't. There's no explanation of why they had to shoot the lion. It sounds like straight out of Africa really happened. Or they were, like, drowning, and they're like, we can't save it, so just shoot well, it. That seems unlikely. I think it's far more likely that there was a flood, and they escaped, and then they just shot them. And they shot the lead lion. <laughs> he was not just getting scale. <laughs> he had the bigger dressing room. So we cut back. Yeah, in 1978, a flood from a dam break killed many lions in the film, washed away the set, and nearly destroyed all of the movie, including sets, completed footage, and three key lions, including Robbie the movie's Lion King. The picture was set back several years, and the damage done amounted to approximately four million dollars. So crazy how much money of his, how much of his own money he spent on this movie. Yeah, God. So we come back to the house where the family is running around. And we get a pretty fun sequence where there's rain barrels on the roof for water storage. Mm-hmm. And some of them are – they're varying stages of full. And at various points, all of them get filled by members of the, the Hedron Marshall clan. Melanie mm-hmm. Griffith hops in one. You know, Tippy Hedron hops in one. The brothers hop in one. And the brothers is a full one. So he, like, holds his breath and then has to poke up and go <gasps> – and grab a big gulp of air. And there's just like – As these adorable lions are just drinking. They're like, I'm thirsty now. <laughs> There's like four of them up there just casually slurping away, and he's just ducking back under at every moment. How freaked out would you be though? If like as a lion, like you're a lion, you don't know what the, how things work like that. I mean, d- you're they drinking did from see a rainbow in there. 
But I wonder if it's sort of like babies where if you cover your face, you disappear. Oh, the, the, the lions have to see faces for it to recognize? Yeah, like their, their facial recognition. The idea of like existence isn't just visual. Okay. I guess it's possible. Like how, how freaked out would you be if you were just like, I'm having a drink. Oh my god, there's a thing. Oh, drink, drink. Oh god. <laughs> I think they're a little smarter than you're giving them credit for because when Tippy gets in one, they decide to knock it over and roll her out of it. That's they do. They roll her right into the river. <laughs> they, they're just like, later, <laughs> off the roof you go in a barrel. And, th- and then the brother gets knocked onto the elephant who almost impales him with his tusk. Yes, it is legitimately very, very scary. And then the other one, when Tippy goes in and she like gets up, this ladder falls on, hits her right in the head. Clocks are like a wrestling move. <laughs> it's, it's a ladder match, King! Like comes down and just crashes. Well, is this the before head. or after the honey? That's after. That's before. Because that there's like, they all go off the house with the barrels and there's like this crazy sequence. And there's like a catch your breath sequence where a jar of honey tips and rolls onto her face. And then the jar hits her in the head. And so she's just covered in honey. And then the lion licks it off her face. Uh, it's a very bizarre. And apparently that was not, that was the first time they had attempted that. Oh my God. Yeah, I read that. How horrifying is that? They're like, we're going to try this. And she's like, all right, whatevs. That can't be any worse than Hitchcock. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's, there's not enough money in the world. I like to do stuff that's scary, right? I like to do stuff that frightens me a little bit. You could not pay me any amount of money to dump honey on my face and let a wild, untrained at a lion lick it off. That, that dollar value does not exist on Earth. Three million? You could give me all of the, literally all of the money on the planet like to do with what I want. Like, ultimate power in the universe, essentially. And I still wouldn't do that. Really? There's, if it's, you're worse than 50-50 odds of getting your face eaten. I think it's still 50-50. I don't want to lead the world as Cobra Commander. If I want, if I'm gonna lead the world, it's gonna be with this face and, and the message behind it. It's not gonna be under a veil of like that lion ate my face, but I now have I kill ultimate power, and I'm taking all the lions and putting them out to sea. Oh, that'd be horrible. Well, they shouldn't eat in my face. Or lion cruise. Where's making new shows? <laughs> lion cruise. Wait, yeah. I kind of like this one. So it's not just lions, though. It's it's okay. it's zoo cruise zoos, uh-huh. and, and the premise is zoos cruise. Yes, the premise is the attractions people know about are just like there's a peacock or there's some snakes, like just like standard stuff that's not super dangerous. Mm-hmm. But for the high rollers, there's a secret zoo down the bottom, right? Yeah. So this environmentalist with people. group. Hmm? Oh no! I said with people in it. <laughs> no. No, no. There's this, this this environmentalist group gets word of it, right? Mm-hmm. So they pay a bunch of money to make one of their people look like a high roller, and he breaks all the animals out of their cages, and they murder everybody, starting with the PETA guy for the weird <gasps> sense of justice of it all. That's my favorite in Twenty Eight Days Later when that happened. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. When the they the PETA people come and break out the monkeys, oh, and the monkey goes right for her face. Yes. So that's that's that suck it, Peter, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that, and then the then then it's basically die hard with animals on a boat, mm-hmm. or or uh, sudden overtime, <laughs> uh, sudden death. Thank you, sudden death, <laughs> sudden overtime. It's the middle of the second period. Surprise, sudden overtime. <laughs> Wait, what? We weren't done playing. Sudden overtime. Back to your that's benches. 
I want that. I want to be the rule, the rule master of hockey because I would just do that. Sudden <laughs> <laughs> overtimes. Like what? What does that even mean? Get these your are just, these, are, these are just the ice girls. <laughs> They're just. This, that's a Zamboni. Sudden overtime. You got a little Seinfeldy there. <laughs> yeah, I did. What's the deal with hockey? You did the fact survey. <laughs> this movie is over soon, right? Yes. Because I'm pretty sure at least 20 minutes of this podcast has been us talking about lion movies that's all right. and TV shows. So we get more of the bad guys shooting at lions, and this is where Togar shows up, and it's just like, I'm just going to kill both of you. <laughs> Done. And I legitimately wondered how they did this, because Togar comes up real close and personal with both these dudes, <laughs> and then they're both dead. And a part of me was like, I wonder... No, that can't possibly be what happened. They wouldn't have left that in the movie. I mean, I don't... There's no clickable name for these people on Wikipedia. <laughs> so... So they both get killed, and... uh Hank shows up and is like, no, they were just having fun. We're just playing. <laughs> we're playing. You brought the guns and ruined it. And they're both dead. And he like is very sad. And him and Mativo get to the house and encounter the whole family. And there's this moment of reunion. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, everyone's cool with the animals. Well, everybody goes to sleep. No context given, no, like, let's fortify ourselves or whatever. They've had a really traumatic day. And I know Hank thinks these animals are all fun. No, he introduces them to the lions. Right. But what I'm He's saying like, is... everybody, come on in. Meet my family. <laughs> and then all the, like, a hundred lions <laughs> pour into the house. Right, but what I'm saying is, I, after the traumatic day that they had, I don't think they'd be super receptive to, yeah, let's just meet all the lion pals. I, but they are, magically. Because this movie is supposed to tell you lions are good. And then they have a sleep and they wake up the next morning and they're like, well, they didn't eat us while we were asleep, so they must be cool. And then there's this really bizarre tonal Fix shift. stuff up montage? Yeah. They, they play this really happy music and they're just suddenly all playing with the lions. Like you mentioned before, Mativo rides one for a few seconds and then he falls off and they're all like, ha 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 ha. Someone's painting the, a wall, and the lion walks through the paint and gets footprints all over. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's real goofy stuff. Tippy Hedren gets like trapped on a branch by lions walking over her, and instead of being fear for her life, she's like, "Oh, this is so silly. Oh, help me, Hank, I'm stuck." And then he goes up and pushes the lions off her, and she mm. knocks him in the water, and he then jumps in after him. It's just the whole thing is very weird. It's suddenly they were like, "We're out of film and money. Let's just put an ending on this thing." We've been doing this for ten goddamn years. Wrap it up. Like, oh, I love you, Hank. I love you, too. What? Everything's perfect. Yeah. And all I could think of is like, these kids all seem to turn out fine. Well, Hollywood fine, anyway. But, like, this is the worst possible childhood, right? A hundred percent. Like, ten years of your life was spent getting mauled by lions. And But you also lived with these lions. Right. On your family reserve. Right. That they kicked them out of Los Angeles for because it was too many too many animals in the confined space. Too many lions. <laughs> That's what this movie should have been called. Too many lions. And it ends finally, finally ends with a long montage of feeding baby animals. Mm-hmm. Where they're like giving them a bottle and doing whatnot. And it's just bizarre. Like the We are the world. Yeah. It's so, so weird. It's just it's barely a movie, right? It's there's Yeah, it really is. It's it's not really a movie. But it's so fascinating to watch because it's so utterly bizarre. It's visually, and I just want to, I, I, I don't, I don't mute it. Mute it, cut out the people, 
and I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of these weird, weird artifacts of somebody with a lot of money and a real strong desire to convey a message that creates this thing, and it's not good. Like, objectively, it is bad. It's by any movie-making standards, it's not good, but it's you, you can't stop looking at it. Like, I would watch this again oh, no. in a second. I would, too. And it's, like, I, I want to show it to, like, I can't wait to show this to people, right? Now that I've seen it, like, I can't wait to be like, you've got to watch this movie and show it to my friends. And they'll be like, this movie can't be what you're describing. Right. Oh, my God, this movie is exactly what you're describing. Yeah, like, there's several times in this movie where, like, legitimately that line just bit that person. And it's real. That's really their blood. See the blood? Yeah. See that blood? <laughs> this isn't fake. There's no puppets. This is a dude just got bit, straight up bit by a lion. And it's it's just amazingly bizarre. I'm so glad it exists, and I'm really glad that the Alamo Drafthouse put this back out and made such a thing about it and brought it to my attention. It was so utterly incredible to watch. Definitely a strong recommend for me. Uh, I recommend, definitely. I, I, you should you should seek this one out. Hopefully, you did before you listened to us. Uh, should we do Should we do everybody's favorite segment? Hot tag taglines. Oh, also, apparently, Hedron was bit on the back by her, back of her head by a lion, lioness and received 38 stitches. And it can be seen in the finished picture. Oh, wow. I wonder what shot that was. Hedron is hanging to the branch of a tree when 34 lions run across her. The 35th lion bites her head. Hedron screams and the blood scene is real. Wow. Yeah, it's just bananas. Hedron said, let me tell you, it hurts when you're bitten by a lion. It's not only that you may have an open, gaping wound, plus shock, but the pressure of those enormous jaws is so strong that it hurts. And she, uh, she, to her credit, she still is very active. She still has a preserve today and, and does uh, lion conservation efforts. I She's, think it's the Roar Foundation. I think that might be what it's called. But she is uh, still very dedicated to this cause to this day. And when this came out, she had agreed to do a couple interviews, and then she saw the advertising campaign Alamo Drafthouse was doing, which is basically like, you'll never believe that this is a real thing. It's a snuff film with lions. And she was just like, uh, never mind. <laughs> I'm tippy goddamn Hedron. Right. I was in the birds, goddammit. <laughs> I survived Hitchcock throwing live birds at me. Right. And lots of therapy. <laughs> so should we do everybody's favorite segment? Hot tag taglines? Hot tag tagline. Roar. The lions are real, and so is the blood. <laughs> Alright, hot tag tagline. Roar. It's basically a snuff film. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up here. If uh, you'd like to get a little bit more Dissecting the 80s in your life, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dissecting the 80s. Instagram.com slash Dissecting the 80s or Dissecting the 80s on the app. I'm very active on the Twitter account for us. It's at Dissectomania or Twitter.com slash Dissectomania. Uh, slightly different there. Uh, and we also have DissectingThe80s.com, which you can find anything you'd ever want to know about this program. Uh, a little bit more info about us, the Hall of Fame, all those fun things. If you like us or hate us, we do have one request. And that is, please, oh please, would you review this show on iTunes? If you do that, I will read it out on the air. So feel free to air your grievances. Tell us how much you love us. Do whatever you want. I don't care what your star rating you give us, but we would love to have your review. It makes a huge difference for us and other podcasts. So if you like a podcast, not just us, if you like any podcast, go review them. It makes a big difference to them. 
Along with that review discussion, we have a couple to add to the pile. Uh, special thanks to Crab Cake Queen fifty seven and Kate eight two nine for reviewing Crab Cake Queen's review titled "Great Sarcasm and Wit." These two bring fun and new insights to both good and bad movies from those crazy eighties. Their young perspective is highly entertaining and hilarious. Keep up the good work, guys. Uh, the second review to add to our list is hilarious, informative, and entertaining. Thank you so much. Not typically a fan of podcasts slash talk radio, but I love these guys and their unique and clever way they dive into movies from the 80s. Good, bad, or just downright terrible, they'll watch it and give an honest and witty review. My favorites so far are 9 to 5, Ghost, and of course Back to the Future 2. 9 to 5. <laughs> Keep it up, guys. You are amazing. Thank you to both of those reviewers. If you want to hear your review, all you got to do is review the show, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get it. We'll take them anywhere. You could also slip in an advertisement or a plug for your thing and reach at least 50 people. I mean, I'd prefer you didn't do that. I'm just saying, incentive, Trip. (laughs) Kind of rude. Got to sweeten that pot. (laughs) Uh, And actually, we have 71 subscribers as of last count. Yeah. So why don't we wrap things up for this episode by giving people a clue for the next episode? Sabrina ain't got nothing on her. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Wait for another one. It's right here. <laughs> what time does the Snake de Soleil show start, sir? Okay, I'll give you that one. It was not so good. I'll cut that out. It was... <laughs> <laughs> there, I had one and I lost it and I can't get it back.